This is Roberta Foster, and welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. Today, I welcome James Coakley to Author's Corner. He has written the book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible, which is published by Moody Publishers, and he'll tell you more about how to get a copy of this at the end of the program. In the meantime, let me tell you a little bit about James. He has taught Bible at Moody Bible Institute for over 20 years in both the seminary and undergraduate school. He's also a frequent tour leader to the Bible lands, and he contributed to the Moody Bible Commentary and the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. He's also a frequent guest on several Moody Radio programs. And so, James, thanks for finding time to talk with our listeners today. Oh, it's great to be with you and your listeners, Roberta. So the name of the book is 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. And you say that it's actually the most read book in all the world, but sadly it's not read well. So tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, the notion is I think so many people as believers, as Christians, know they should read God's Word. And they get into it, they start, they maybe go through a Bible reading program, uh, but after a while it becomes kind of more routine. Uh, they just kind of do it to check off, uh, you know, something on their checklist that they want to do. And, you know, all good, you know, motivations there. But what sometimes happens is they become passive readers. That mm-hmm. is, they just kind of, okay, this is about people, places, and events that are long ago, far away. Uh, but let me get to really the, the point of what the, the Bible passages are really teaching. And so one of the things I've been trying to do over the years is to get Bible readers to become what I call active readers rather mm. than passive, where we just kind, of, just kind of sit there and just kind of read it. But what I'm trying to encourage uh, listeners to do and readers to do is to try to become more engaged with the biblical authors, both human and divine. So asking questions all the time mm. when you're reading. Why is this passage next to this one? Why mm-hmm. is this character speaking when the narrator could, uh, in a sense, summarize what the speech is all about? And so it's those kind of questions that run through my head all the time, and I'm getting great insights as I engage the uh, word when I'm more active like that. Sure. So you're kind of suggesting that we study the Bible more than just read the Bible. Yeah, it's it's but it's really it's not a study the how to how to study the Bible book. It can be seen as that, but it's really kind of the pre-study. What are the best ways to read the Bible okay. before you kind of tackle it or what you should be tackling when you do read? Uh, because oftentimes I think what happens is readers get overwhelmed by all the detail that's there, mm. and they start to focus on little pieces, and that may not be the most pertinent part of that of that text. And so what I'm trying to get the readers to do is try to have, what are the things that authors leave in the text that kind of, in a sense, lead them, kind of put them in the right lane as to ask good questions about what, they should, what they're reading about? And so that's what I mean by coming more active okay. in that. Uh, and so it will help them study the Bible, uh, but I want them to become better alert readers first. Yeah. Well, I had gone to Israel many, many years ago. And one of the things when I got home, I said to myself is, I'm going to start looking at w- where 
there are similarities of different locations um, that the text of the Bible is written from. And you talk about in chapter 8, you call it location, location, location. So tell us what you include in that chapter that helps us to enjoy reading the Bible more. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I want readers to do is when they are reading a passage of Scripture that mentions a location, uh, treat that location as if it's another character in the story. Uh, It is the setting, it is the location where events take place, but that location actually has a voice. Now, it doesn't have an audible voice, it doesn't speak in the text, but there's clearly background stories, there's Mm -hmm. uh, understanding about what... uh, that places geographically? Is it a wilderness? Is it a mountain? Is it near water? Mm-hmm. Uh, all those kind of things are uh, helpful for readers to right. kind of at least pay attention to on their radar screen as they're reading through. And so when you come across an event uh, like with uh, Joseph being sold uh, up in Dothan, but before mm-hmm. he gets to Dothan, it says that he went to Shechem. Right. Well, it's a dead end in the story in Genesis uh, 37, because what happens there is that a man points him and says, oh, they're not here, they're up in, uh, they're up in Dothan. Well, why that little the kind of red herring of mentioning Shechem? Hmm. Well, in a sense, it's because just a few chapters earlier, one of Jacob's daughters, Dinah, was in trouble because she was near Shechem and was violated. Mm-hmm. And so I think by mentioning that word Shechem in the Joseph story, all of a sudden you, the reader, should be thinking, uh-oh, danger zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, not, this might not be good. And sure enough, he gets sold down to slavery, but not at Shechem, but at Dothan. But that mention of Shechem has got a voice in the text to kind of cue the reader in that they, there's some ominous things happening here. And so stay attuned to what's happening to Joseph. Well, what do you find in the book that you've written to be maybe one of your favorite chapters and techniques that you uh, practice to enjoy reading the Bible? Yeah, they all have uh, great affinity to me because I've been teaching them over the years and my students. Uh, But I love beautiful bookends because it's an easy one to kind of understand. And it's one where... Uh, it's a good example of what I mean by the Bible is uh, a, can, a literary masterpiece. Uh, oftentimes we just think of it as just a data dump of people, places, and events, and doctrines. But it's artfully and literarily beautiful in how it's crafted. Mm. And so the same beauty that God had put into the world around us, the same uh, structure, design, intent is also in the Word. And so by beautiful bookends, there's a technical term for it, and I try to avoid technical terms, but it's called inclusio. Basically, it's a parenthesis where the same information is shared at the beginning and end of either a section or even a whole book. And so a good example is Mark's gospel. Uh, He talks about first first verse. uh, This is the gospel of the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of God. Okay, so that's a theme that's there. But you come to the end of the Gospel of Mark, and you have the Roman centurion, and what does he say? Again, it's another technique is step up to the mic when you hear a character speak in the story when the author could have summarized what was said, Uh is that this Roman centurion is the first to get it, put it all together, what the life of Jesus is all about, when he says, surely this was the Son of God. Mm. And so that Son of God theme that begins the Gospel of Mark is also at the end of the Gospel of Mark, and so it kind of provides a bracket around which all of the middle content uh, can be uh, kind of seen as thematically. 
And so many, many books of the Bible do this. In fact, even the whole Bible itself does this. If you read the first uh, four chapters of Genesis, and then you read the last four chapters of the book of Revelation, you'll see so many bookends between uh, those uh, two endings, uh, the beginning and ending of the whole Bible. Hmm. Well, there's certainly a lot for us to chat about, and we'll get back to talking with James Coakley in just a moment. We're chatting with him about the book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. It's published by Moody Publishers, and you're listening to Author's Corner, and I'm Roberta Foster. So James, uh, we'll kind of start over a little bit and just find out what is it that inspired you to write this book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible? Okay, yeah. Uh, So as a teacher uh, for many years here at Moody, I uh, was trying to come up with creative ways to just kind of uh, help uh, people who were studying and reading the Bible uh, with uh, easy-to-grab kind of labels so they kind of have something quick uh, that they can understand but then begin to apply readily. And so some of the, each of the chapters has its own kind of quick and easy kind of chapter title. Uh, So things like read the labels, that Mm -hmm. is look for uh, the other things that are said about a character, the kind of familial relationships or ethnic backgrounds or occupations Mm -hmm. that they have. Because oftentimes those are also ways to kind of help round out that character so that we get a more more complete story of who they are and what makes uh, them tick, what motivates them and how they react to others around. Or poetic diamonds. Uh, Look for places where in narrative books you have insets of uh, poetic or lyrical content. So even in the first several chapters of Genesis, you're reading along a narrative and all of a sudden you break forth into a little lyrical kind of thing. And so where's that lyrical uh, component in chapter one? It's about uh, man being made in God's image. And so, and then at the end of chapter two, you have Adam singing a little love song, a love ballad about bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And what those little poetic inserts do, those little poetic diamonds, is that they help set a theme for the surrounding narrative. So key for chapter one is man made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. The theme for chapter two of Genesis is that we uh, can celebrate marriage as the high point of human relationships. And so it's those kind of things over the years. I've just kind of tried to help people with easy-to-grab kind of labels uh, that they can kind of understand some basic literary techniques that basically all authors use. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I also enjoy doing is in the book talking about how these techniques are not just found in the Bible, they're found by all great writers and communicators, mm-hmm. and so I give examples of where these things are found, both in uh, modern film and modern literature. Mm. That's pretty cool. Um, well, one of the things that, as people pick up the book and they uh, get to a particular chapter, you always start off with um, like the summary of the chapter and some insights into what you're going to be um opening up uh, through the the words of that chapter. So I thought that was a really neat way to introduce each of the chapters that you have in the book. Yeah, as a teacher, I want to make sure I have a lesson <laughs> plan that's very clear uh, for uh, for my students and then uh, for readers so they understand, again, what's, what's being communicated here, what's the payoff, what's the aha moment that you can get, uh, clear uh, challenges that we sometimes face in trying to implement this because some of these techniques work more in certain types of uh, genres or types of books in the Bible. Uh, and so uh, this, I wanted to make sure that uh, was very clear up front with that. And also to give some examples mm-hmm. of modern uh, film and literature where these things are done. So earlier I talked about how 
you know, you have bookends. Well, in a book or a movie several years ago, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. uh, the opening scene is a feather floating around. And then the very last scene is that same feather kind of floating as he's sitting on a park bench, on a, on a bench. And so that bookend, that floating mm-hmm. feather, but it also is a good theme for really the whole movie in that he flits from place to place, different occupations, different locations. And so that floating feather kind of windborne mm-hmm. is kind of a good analogy, metaphor for the entire book or the whole, whole movie. And so that's why these bookends uh, can be used to uh, kind of also help the reader stay in the right lane as to, okay, if I see this is a, a key moment of bracketing, mm-hmm. a middle content, I can use that to really focus on what theme the biblical author is doing. And so I'm picking up the clues that the biblical author wants me to follow rather than me trying mm-hmm. to guess what they're trying to communicate. Well, for people that would like some insights into how to enjoy reading the Bible a little bit more, we have this book, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible by James Coakley and published by Moody Publishers. James, tell our listeners how they can go about finding more about this book and uh, if you have others that uh, you can direct people to. Yeah, so you can go, of course, to Amazon, uh, 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. You can go to moodypublishers.com. Uh, they have that book listed. Uh, you can also, I have uh, just the startings of a webpage, just 14freshways.com. Uh, and uh, so they can go to that as well. Uh, so it's it's really a great book for individuals who just need to kind of get a jump start for uh, their own personal Bible reading, but it's also great for a small group study. So mm. if your small group study is kind of looking for something new and exciting and fresh to kind of uh, study, uh, this is a great way because it gets you right into the Word and you can hone your skills and it will make your, your future Bible studies all the more richer because you'll have some more uh, techniques that you can have in your belt. Wonderful. So one more time, the book today is 14 Fresh Ways to Enjoy the Bible. We certainly thank Moody Publishers for giving us a copy to talk about. And James, it's been real pleasure talking with you. Thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you, Roberta, and blessings on all of our listeners. And I hope that they will uh, truly enjoy reading the Bible, have some fresh insights on their own. Amen. Well, to our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in. This is Roberta Foster on the Author's Corner. Join us again next time.